Thank you. Thank you. That was great. I'm Dave Hayes. And I'm one of the pastors and elders here, and uh, I'm not typically up here very often, so surprise, you probably thought Steve was going to be up here. You know, uh, Paul spoke a few weeks ago, and uh, like him, I am not on staff here, and when I'm not here enjoying all of you or my family, I'm, I'm uh, owning and operating a construction business, so that's what I do. Um, my wife, Leanne, you may know her. She runs all over the place here, and uh, so you may know her maybe better than me. But I am happy to be here today. Stephen, Rachel, and Aaron Hanna are at the huddle. It's our uh, Crossway Network, which we are a part of, a church. Uh, how many churches are in that, Eric, Paul? Is it 20-ish? That sounds good. There's about 20 churches across the nation that are in our network, and they are in Colorado right now. I'm representing them with this Colorado logo on my shirt here, if you don't recognize that. So my heart and prayer are with them. Steve is preaching to a church there in Colorado, and it's Mountain View. So cool name, you know, they actually have a mountain that's in view. So uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. and so he's preaching this morning. They get to preach twice. So he's preaching twice. He's already done one, I know. He may be preaching again about now. Uh, so you can be in prayer for them. Uh, we're going to miss them. Uh, Steve's a great teacher. We enjoy his teaching, I know. And Aaron and Hannah, they're going to have a great time where they get encouraged with these other staff pastors and elders and, and uh, in different ways. They pray together. They learn together. Um, and they just spend time together getting refreshed. So pray for the refreshment as they're gone, although he's preaching. Um, but it is a familiar passage for him that he's preaching, so that's, that's good for him. So part of the network, churches, that you know of also is the Czech Republic. Uh, Freddie has been out here before. You've seen him on video, and we've got to know them and pray for them and support them in different ways. So um, Tomasz who we also support, is coming back with them when they get back here on, I think it's Wednesday, they get back here. Um, and Tomash is going to preach next word week. And I believe if I remember right, Tomash is from the Ukraine. Uh, so that'll be exciting. They'll be back next week. Uh, so please be in prayer for them. Um, you know, I... Again, I don't do this very often where I'm up front here preaching. In fact, I was sitting there with Leanne and thinking, you know what? I think I need a mic. <laughs> and so as I sat there and remembered, I needed a mic, and it took two people to help me get it on, so I'm, I'm glad it's working. Uh, this, and this morning, I slipped in with Jen, and she helped me out get slides together. So we've got some slides. If they're out of order, it's all on me. It's not on her. Um, so, but in any ways, I come up here today in confidence, frankly. I am confident to bring you the word today, not on my own account. You're going to hear me stammer. I'm going to lose my place in my notes. Um, but who I'm confident in is God, because God shows up in his word, no matter who's speaking up here. So just pray that uh, your hearts will be prepared for that, and I will not get in the way at all. But let me bring you up for, to date first on where we are. I'm finishing out chapter John, or John chapter 8, and I'm going through the end of the passage here. Steve left off in verse 30, and so I'll open that up in a moment. And just remember, Jesus is still in the temple speaking to the people, and there's all kinds of confusion going on where there's people that are like, 
I think he might be the prophet. And you've got these Pharisees saying, this guy is full of lies, and they're seeking to kill him. And people are watching and listening to what Jesus is saying, and they're watching the Pharisees and wondering, why aren't they laying hands on him? And there's some confusion of who he claims to be and who the Pharisees are saying he is not. Um, And Jesus is quickly ratcheting up his claims on who he is and what he's come to do. And he's also ratcheting up the exposure of the Jews and where their hearts are, and they're not liking it at all. And we'll see, as Steve likes to use the term spoiler alert, in the end, they try to stone him. So I structured my message The truth will make you free. That's the title of the message. And it's not really that unique because if you open your Bibles and look in the front of it, it probably is titled that right above the section. I thought, no, that's pretty good. I'll go go with that. I don't want to think too hard on that because I spent too much time trying to think of the alliteration that it seems preachers need to have to have uh, multiple points. But I did. I, I worked hard at that. I have a structure of an outline here. Jen, you want to flash up the structure of the outline? Um, that we have. We're going to break the message down today into true disciples, just the first short section, true descendants, kind of the center section of the passage, and then truly divine. And you like all those D's? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Oh, and the T's too. Look at that. (laughs) Double down. Well, I, t- I will tell you, Leanne saved you from where I was going with my center one. The, the true descendants, I was like, oh, I got, I got the perfect one. Who's your daddy? And, <laughs> and, and she said, you know, that might not be appropriate. So, and, uh, but I still had to share my crazy thought. So, anyways. So if you are able... As is tradition here, let's stand and I will read a short section of the passage together after I get my glasses on. And uh, again, John chapter 8, verse 30. I'm going to just read down through 34, and then we will, I'll have you, I'll pray and then we'll be seated. All right. As Jesus spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word and that you've given us us that to to understand you and to lay us bare and understand ourselves better in light of you. So I pray that today. I pray for that I would not get in the way of uh, anyone hearing your word today and that you would sink it deep into their hearts and do a work in all of us through this time. And I just thank you and praise you for your faithfulness to us. Um, Again, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and have a seat. So first, first point, Jesus talks about his 
true disciples. True disciple. He defines it right here. In verse 30, he starts out, though, he says, He spoke these things, and many came to believe in him. And Jesus has seen this before, where people believe him and follow him. Um, but it's been a fickle faith in the past for many people as they've heard him preach and teach, and they've heard hard things, and some have fallen away. And I think we're going to see that as we go through this passage, a similar depth of faith by these people that say they believed. And he starts off by defining something of what a true believer looks like. So if he's saying to them in verse 31, so so Jesus saying to the Jews who had believed, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. This is what it's going to look like if you are really believers. If you truly are believing, it's going to look like this. You're going to continue in my word or remain in my word. Um, so he lays it right down from the beginning. It's my word, and he says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, the, the, the uh, people that were listening, the ones that believed also, you know, they've just got done hearing a bunch of things in some of the previous chapters that we've taught that led them to believe. In chapter 6, he said that, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And in chapter 7, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. In chapter 8, he who follows me will have the light of life. And again in eight, you will die in your sins unless you believe in me. And there's people like, I, I want that. That's what I want. And so there was this level of belief that was there. But Jesus defines it. If you continue in my word, I'm going to be gone soon. If you continue in my word, then you will truly be my disciples. So I've got a question right out of the gate here. So question for all of us. How are we doing in that? How are we doing in continuing in his word, in remaining in his word, in living by his word, in being anchored in his word, believing his word, being fed by his word? How are we doing in that? And do we look to it as truth? Are we growing in our understanding? of it. And do we see it? Do we see his word and the truth of his word, something that will set us free? And we'll get to the set us free part a little bit more in a moment. But Jesus says those that continue in his word will know the truth. Let's continue on. True descendants. This is a longer section here, so let me break it down a little bit here. Uh, verse 30, or 33, they answered him when they heard this and said, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? At first, I thought this was a little bit laughable. We've never been enslaved to anyone. And this is, you know, the... Jewish nation here saying they've never been enslaved to anyone. I, I'm sure we can think Egypt, Assyria, you can cut Babylon, you can keep coming up with name after name, and I'm like, what in the world are they talking about? Um, but what they're talking about here 
is religious free freedom. Uh, we have never been enslaved to anyone. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And they're like, we know the truth. We already know the truth. We don't, we don't need some new truth. We are free. We are Abraham's descendants. So they don't even see this need to be set free. Let's continue on in verse 34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. He goes right to it. He defines, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being freed from the slavery of sin. And everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. That's what I'm talking about. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does, does remain forever. Verse 36, so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. You know, Jesus brings in just earlier in this chapter, in verse 21 and 24, um, this topic sin again, and he says in verse 21 that you will die in your sins, and where I'm going you, not, you cannot come. In verse 24, he said, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You need a savior, and they don't see it. They don't see it. They're totally relying on their lineage to Abraham and, the, and the, the heritage and the line of Abraham that they come from for salvation. They did not see a need to be saved. And Jesus says, I am that one that can free you. It is the Son, verse 36, it is the Son that makes you free, and you will be free indeed. And we know we know that earlier in John, John 3, that God's given Jesus full authority. The Father has given him full authority. In Galatians 5, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Now, Jesus is hinting at something else where he's heading. If you think of the the topic of this bullet point here, true descendants, who are the true descendants? He's hinting at something here. Um, as he goes in here, as back in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if we look at Galatians 4.30, um, it says, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman, and this is a, this is a, Story of Hagar and uh, Sarah cast out the bondwoman and her slave, or her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir, and the son of the free woman, Sarah, will be an heir of the promise, will be an heir. So he's hinting at where he's going to them, that there's not a legitimacy in the line that you think you have in this, because it's not of the flesh, it's of the promise, is where your hope should be. Let's move on. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Jesus said, I know that. I know that you are of the line of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And this is a big point in this message is that they are seeking to kill him 
because his word has no place in him. And now some of your um, Bible versions might say, finds no place in them or is not welcome in there. And I, I think you can interpret that as, my word has no room in you, is what he's saying. You are so reliant, Jewish nation, on your um, credentials and your history of being in the line of Abraham, you have no room to hear anything else, to rely on anything else. You don't see a need for anything else. You have no room. See, they believe Jesus when he aligns with their prejudices that they already have. They'll, they'll believe those things. But when he contradicts that, they do not believe it. They have no room for his truth. So another point of application here is, do we know people like this with no room for his word? Sure we do. We encounter them all the time, whether it's friends or work or whatever, right? And we see people that they just, they just don't have any room for it. They don't see their need for the gospel at all. My next question is, are we one of those people? Are we one of those people that do not have room for his truth? You know, we've seen the people Jesus is speaking to receive hard things and be told and taught hard things. And they're too hard that they fell away from him and didn't follow him anymore. Do we have room for his truth? Are we so proud ourselves even that we think we have the understanding um, and we, we, we know the truths of the Bible, we don't need to hear anything else? Um, or are we busy enough that the truth skips us by, skips right past us? We're just going through life. We're working hard. The truth just skips us by because we don't spend time in it. Are we caught up in media sources that we look to for truth? Is that where we find our truth? We need to be careful to allow his word to have room to sink deeply into us. His word should shape us and grow us. Can we hear hard things? Can we hear hard truths? You know, Steve spent some time here, what, a couple weeks ago? on the adulterous woman, and he, he, he gave this foundation for our confidence in God's word. That we, can, we can be confident in God's word and see it as truth, but there's hard things in here that sometimes are unexpected that we hear, and do we have room for those things, for God's truth to penetrate our preconceived thoughts? Do we have room? Back to verse 38, as God's, or Jesus is starting to talk again. Um, I'll read down through 42. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. 
They said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own own initiative. But he sent me. In verse 38, he says, I speak the things that I have seen, what to say, with my father. Therefore, also you do the things which you heard from your father. So he's establishing these two things. He says, I have a father. And he separates himself more by, I've seen it with my father. He's putting himself on the same plane with his father. And you do the things that you've heard from your father. There's these two fathers. And they start to hear this message from him loud and clear. We have different fathers is where he's going with this. What he doesn't, they don't hear yet, is who he believes they're following. What father they are following. Because they answer him in 39, say, Abraham's our father. What are you talking about? If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. And he brings up the faith that Abraham did as God commanded him to do different things, enter the promised land, um, look for the foundation that the author and architect and builder is God. And look, look to the promise with hope and faith. Those are the deeds of Abraham. Abraham believed truth. They did not believe truth. (laughs) Awkward pause. (laughs) Uh, You know, Jesus, um, I lost my place. I told you that was going to happen. You know, they... You know, one of the response here is, is they're throwing it back at him because they, they say, if, Jesus says, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham, but you're seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, and that truth aspect is very important here, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do, and you are doing the deeds of your father, claiming that God's not their father. And they smack him back with a, you know what? We know the rumors about you, Jesus. We're not born of fornication, Mr. Born of Virgin Birth. And they're just throwing it back at him. This claim that their father and his father are different. In verse 42, he says, Jesus says to him, if God were your father, you would love me. Those that are of God will love Jesus, another separator. For I proceed forth and have come from God, and I have not even come on my own initiative, but he who has sent me. So Jesus acknowledges their family line. He said, yeah, you're, you're Abraham's descendants. I acknowledge that. But your faith and your deeds demonstrated you are not of the promise. So they have faith that they don't have faith in the, the promise of the Father. You know, Romans 9, 6 through 8. 
uh, lays this out too, because it draws into this question. Um, but it's not all, it's not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who are descendants from Israel, nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants, but through Isaac your descendants will be named. That is, it's not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are regarded as descendants. See, they were hoping in the connection of the, being children of the flesh, not children of the promise. Oh, this may bring a question to you. It did for me, I know, at one time. Is that just what am I relying on for my salvation? You know, I was uh, a quick story about myself. I grew up in, in church. I went to church since I could remember when I was young, and, and uh, I thought I was a pretty good person, and my reliance was there. And I, I figured I was a believer, but you know, some of the fruits of my life didn't prove that out in any case. The fruits of my life were just hoping in the goodness and the good acts that I did. I wasn't as bad as the next guy, right? So my confidence and my faith was in that, not in being, continuing in God's word and having it change me. What are you relying on for salvation? There may be some here that grew up in a Christian home, and I think of young people where mom and dad took you to church every day, and you rely on that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. You haven't taken it on as your own yet. It's mom and dad's faith that I have. I'm, I'm saved in that. Or, or you may have a spouse that's you know, devoted to prayer or devoted to the word, and you're kind of on the coattails of your spouse. You know, they're, they're, they walk closely with God, but um, I'm close enough. And you rely on that. What do you rely on? Is it the stars and stripes forever? Is it we're in America? We're in America, right? Favored nation. There's very few threats here. That's where my hope's in. I just want to challenge you on that that Jesus is our only hope. Our only hope and our faith in him. And it will be proved out as we continue in his word, as he says. Going on in verse 43, he says, Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You're of your father, the devil and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. He starts out saying, you don't understand what I am saying. Why is that? Do you think, is Jesus a bad communicator? I don't think so. 
fact, I know so. He's a much better communicator than I am. He says, because you can't hear my word. Now, we know physically, they, audibly, they can hear his word, right? It's whether they can understand it. And he says they can't understand it. And why does he say they can't understand it? It's directly related to who their father is, who he's saying their father is. In fact, he comes out and he boldly says, your father is the devil and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, it's interesting in verse 45, he says, because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. So even why is that? So what do they believe? He says they believe lies. So, of course, they're not going to believe the truth. They believe lies because in their nature, their father is a liar. He says, he who hears God's word, or if, where did I go? He who is of God hears the words of God. For the re- this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. You know, John, Jesus says further in John, chapter, John chapter 10, verse 26 and 27, he says, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, this is probably a tougher question that I had to deal with at one point is, okay, now, they can't hear. Will they ever hear? You've got these people that said, Jesus says, they cannot even hear him. They can't understand him. And I say to you, fortunately, we can rely on the sovereignty of God. Take yourselves, for example. If you're a believer, have you always believed? No, you haven't. So what happened? What happened? It wasn't that you were great. It was because, just as we learned earlier in John, John chapter 6, is that God first drew you. He gave you his son, and then he taught you. He taught you his word. And we just learned that earlier in John. So praise God for him who can save us when we can't even hear. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. is to your right in your Bibles. If you've ever heard Go Eat Popcorn before, that's some of those books right there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It helps me find them. It's not just because it's getting close to lunchtime and I'm hungry, but that's stuck in my head. All right, Ephesians 2. I think this should speak to all of us, even in looking at where these Jews are. 
um, that Jesus is challenging right now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now walking in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by children, by nature, children of wrath even as the rest. Verse 4, very important. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You know, praise God for his sovereignty and his generosity. You know, like these Jews, we, uh, we walked formally. We're believers according to our, the course of this world. Um, God saved us if we are his. Even when we're dead in our sins, he was able to save us. Praise him for that. Let's move to our final point here in the text. Truly divine, verses 48 through 49. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan, have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I am honor my father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see, taste death. Surely you are not greater than the fa- our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. You know, the Jews start out and say, are you crazy? Are you a Samaritan? You're illegitimate. We know the truth. If you say we don't know the truth, you're of the devil. That seems to be a common thing when they disagree with them. They like to throw out, you're of the devil. You oppose us, the line of Abraham. You're of the devil. And we see in verse 49, Jesus' simple obedience. You know, he just calmly responds to them. I, I should say I view it as him calmly. I, don't, I wasn't there, obviously. I do not have a demon, 
but I honor my father. And you dishonor me, but I, I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. You know, Jesus came for that purpose, right? He came for his pur- that purpose to save us from our sins. And as we believe and trust in him, we will never taste death. And the Jews instantly opposed this. So now we know that you have a demon. That's craziness as well. Abraham died, the prophets also, and you say, if you keep my words, we'll never taste death. Surely you're not greater than our father Abraham. Again, they hold Abraham and the line of Abraham to such a high, high honor and heritage. And they say, whom do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus isn't making himself out to be anyone. It's the Lord. It's his Father that he says. He says, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar. And he says in verse 56, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And we see that in Hebrews. Hebrews 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from the far. The faith that God would honor his promise was seen, and he was glad in that. The promise Jesus from afar, but they still don't understand him. They still don't understand him, so Jesus gets very, very clear in a plain language, in their plain language. He says to them in verse 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And they didn't miss that at all. That they understood because they understood that language. That is kind of a mic drop. Okay, children, I'm tired tired of arguing with you. I am. That's who I'm saying. Do you you understand that? And they did. You know, in Exodus 3.14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am sent me. They didn't miss that point. And to them, that was blasphemy. Yehuda, why don't you and the the team come back up as I prepare to close out here. Yeah, they didn't miss it at all. They knew exactly what he was claiming to be. And this whole discussion about your father and his father totally hit center point for them. And this is shown in the following verses by they, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. As we saw before, Jesus' hour had not come. It was not time for him 
to go to the Christ and cross and be raised up. So in closing, if you are here today and have not put your faith and believe in, in Jesus, I've got a question for you, and the same one Steve asked last week. What are you going to do with Jesus? What do you do with Jesus? He says his word is the truth, and that the Jews say that he is lying. Which is it? Is it is Jesus speaking the truth or are these Jews who think he's lying? What are you going to do with Jesus and his claim to be the truth? There's, he gave two possible outcomes. One is to die in your sin and the other is to never taste death by relying on his truth. <coughs> and the truth of his word. So please, consider that. If you are not a believer today, I, I implore you to put your faith in Jesus because he can save you from your sin. And believers, examine yourselves. Are you continuing in his word? Do you have room in your life and in your theology for his truth, for his truth to penetrate you. As you hear hard things from fellow believers, from the word directly out of his word, do you have room for that in your life? Even if it's hard to hear. Please think through those as Yehuda and the team play.